all the puzzle pieces started to fit together where the food qualities, the water, the meditation, the thoughtfulness, the mindfulness, the shadow work, all those things started coming together. And there was a point where I looked back and it was further to go back than to keep going forward. Welcome to the New Age Sage podcast, where you come to free your mind from all the things that keep you in suffering. Today's guest is Alex Rubchinsky. I recommend to try and stay neutral and calm in this conversation because you may get triggered a lot. We say a lot of things that go against the established belief system we have in society, but if you stay neutral and truly listen, remove your biases, try and open your mind, I promise you can learn something that could change your life. Please like and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube, leave a review, and subscribe if you're listening on audio platforms. As always, thank you so much for listening. I love you all. Hey, Alex. Welcome on, man. Thanks for having me. So we were talking before this um, about how I struggled to to calm down at a certain point in the day when work's done, the stress is done. All you want to do is just calm down. I used to do the unhealthy drugs back in the day. So for me, it was when I was 19, 20, it was you know, Xanax and I used to take Adderall. So for me, now I'm in a space where, you know, I've, I've learned to not be scared of those feelings, which is a good place. But for those also listening, we can figure this out together. What's a good way for people, naturally supplements, to start just like shifting down to a calm state in the nervous system, like works over at that point in the day? It depends on what people are doing. So if they're like we were talking and then your brain, you said, is always active, is always on. Yeah. And then you take any kind of, uh, you know, substance that you normally would put people down and it brings you even higher. Yeah. So it depends on what people, how their chemistry interacts with different, different um, substances. So for some people, they drink coffee to bring them up and some people don't drink coffee because it puts them down. Yeah. So there's not always this correlating effect. What's pretty standard is going for a walk harmonizing uh, your brain, especially after uh, a meal. So going for a walk, most people think it's a very linear motion, but when you walk, your spine is always rotating. So you're, you are getting uh, rotation happening in the spine. You also are moving laterally. You are moving in, in also sagittally forward as well. Um, and putting your feet in the dirt really helps ground because it takes all those, uh, if I remember properly, positive ions out of your system and it, and it harmonizes you a lot more effectively, which basically if people don't quite understand what that means is well, what, what is grounding actually? Well, if you put your finger in an outlet, let's say metaphorically, or maybe physically, it tunes everything to an ex to a very heightened level. Yeah. So grounding takes all that charge out of you so you can think clearly. Um, so that's one thing I recommend for people learning how to breathe properly. So even taking your hands on your chest and your belly and then taking a deep breath in and people can follow along even if they're you know seeing this and see which hand moves. And so if you take a breath and then the bottom hand goes in, but the top hand goes up, then you're, you have your backwards breathing pattern. And so that indicates that you're breathing from your neck too much. And then uh, it's those neck muscles and, and your pecs, also your pec minors will lift your rib cage because you have two mechanisms, lift your rib cage or the diaphragm comes down and the belly comes out. The proper way to breathe would be from take your, your belly coming out while your upper hand doesn't move. I mean, when you're doing different advanced uh, breathing techniques, you could implement both. But as we're talking to how do how do you ground yourself is 
make sure you're breathing with your belly because your body thinks it's in a fight or flight mode. Yeah. yeah. If you're breathing with your chest and also breathing through your nose. Yeah. It's essential knowledge is to learning how to, how to breathe. But for me, I've noticed how do you stay aware, like develop the habit of staying aware all day of how you're breathing. It's simple to just say, okay, I'm going to take five minutes to, to ground myself. But for me, I did that. I think other people may be in this boat where it's like trying to be very aware of how you're breathing all day. How did you develop? I'm assuming you have that skill now where you're just very conscious of breathing through your, your belly the whole day. Because I'll notice, you know, you know, around there's certain parts in the day where I'll get super amped up. And I'll see, I'll see myself I'm breathing shallow through my chest. And I want to just be consistent throughout the day. So what's the way you, you recommend for people to start getting really consistent with their breathing where it's, it's going that same, same process throughout the whole day? Set a timer. What I have my clients do, depending on where they work, if they work in a, a big office, maybe uh, they set a timer for 15 minutes. And then every 15 minutes, the timer goes off, reminds them to take 10 breaths with their belly. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes they start at one hour. So every hour, an alarm goes off. Yeah. Whether it be, you know, vibration or it's loud, it catches your attention. Set an, set an alarm, whatever feels good to start with. And then the more you start practicing it, the law of facilitation kicks in. And the more you do something, and I'm going to paraphrase it, the more you do something, the easier it becomes and the less energy it takes to do that thing. The same way as putting on your shoes. You don't think about putting on your shoes. I bet you if I can get you stoned out of your mind or drunk <laughs> and ask you to put your shoes on, you'll be able to do it and tie them. Yeah. Because it's so built into our nervous system that of course I can put my shoes on. Yeah. And that's the same kind of concept. You're training your brain to think and pay attention to certain things. Like, uh, for example, I'm sure when you got a new car, before you got that car, you never saw that car on the road. You yeah. got that car, all of a sudden you see the car everywhere. Yeah. Because you, you have that attention to your car, you see your car everywhere now. Yeah. And paying, putting your mind on a task and it becomes easier until it becomes unconscious behavior because yeah. you will have, um, are you familiar with the uh, uh, unconsciously incompetent, consciously incompetent? Uh, hold on, I'm going to mess this up. Unconsciously <laughs> okay. incompetent. So you're not even aware that you're unaware. Yeah. Then you're consciously most, incompetent. Most yeah. Where you're aware that you're unaware. Yeah. Then you become consciously incompetent. Did I say that again? I think you I think, oh yeah. Um, and then, uh, so you're, yeah, you're aware of the fact that you are, even if I mess this up, cause I don't have it, I need to write it down. You're good. <laughs> you're unaware, or you're aware that you're unaware and then you're practicing the fact that you're not good at the thing. And then you become unconsciously competent. So you're doing the thing without even trying to do the thing. Yeah. So it takes no energy. Yeah. And that's the mastery stage. Mm. So eventually, I mean, it, it, it will sink up. And for example, you're aware. You go, oh, I'm breathing in my chest. Stop what you're doing. Recalibrate. Retune. And making sure. And, and for a lot of people, I recommend they grab their sternocleidomastoid, which is that muscle when you turn your head. It goes from behind your ear all the way down to your, your clavicle in the front here. And I have them grab it. And if they breathe with their chest, their neck tightens up and it pops out of their hands. So what I have them do is I keep working on that until it doesn't pop out of your hands. Yeah. Yeah. When I mean, we live in the most, arguably the most stressed era ever, um, you know, 10 minutes on Instagram, 10 minutes checking email, 10 minutes checking the news can just fuck up your nervous system, system like that. So what's it like for you 
managing being the way you are in this world? What are things you do that are different to everyone else? That, like, how, how do you know what you know? How do you stand out from anyone to cultivate, you know, the relaxed, holistic life you live? Because it probably looks way different to everyone. Because most people are just on their phone all day, reacting to everything, getting triggered with news, eating shit. Like, what, what's what's so different about your life that lets you lead you to be peaceful? Most people have an have the idea that they need to pretend to be calm and then they'll become calm and peaceful mm -hmm. but that's not the way the universe works there's a universal law called the um uh, and my brain is not functioning right now as you're <laughs> giving me props for this it's called the uh law well the law of polarity so if you have one you're going to have the other they have to happen and i'll give you an example the good vibes movement you have all these good vibes. People are pushing away things that are uncomfortable. Bullshit. But the law of polarity says the opposite has to balance. So when people focus so much on the on the polarity of good vibes, what they're attracting is their unconscious. All these things have to come. So now if we switch that and if you attract your unconscious to the surface, that means by the law of polarity, it attracts that abundance and peace that you are searching for because you're addressing the things that are hard to look at. Yeah. So when you're looking at what's happening in media, what's happening in, in our food, in our water, and if you're paying attention to those things, it's painful to look at at first. Yeah. And ultimately, you can't help anybody until you help yourself. So if you don't have clean water, your brain's not going to function properly. You're not going to detox. You're not going to poop properly. You're not going to be able to sleep properly. And if you're not going to have the right good food in your system, if you don't even know what good food is, because I have a lot of people coming and saying, oh, I eat good. And then I look at their, their logs. Well, and like macros bullshit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolute, like, <laughs> conventional farmed food with things that were told to them are good. And yeah. I'm like, this is not good. So we change things up and their body starts functioning better. So it's looking at the things that really are painful in all the things yeah is my behavior uh life affirmative and dream affirmative is what i'm participating in is that getting me closer to my dream is the food that i'm eating the water that i'm drinking am i going to bed on time you know i can't be confused why i can't function or think straight if you know you've hopped up on sugar full of caffeine underslept under rested over exercised uh, overconsumed on social media yeah. and then wonder why you have so much anxiety and yeah. depression and confusion because you're consuming so many things that are cons that are given to you instead of you choosing what you're consuming yeah so after a certain point working on that long enough and peeling those painful band-aids off you notice as you discern between certain things life becomes more peaceful because you've discerned all those things yeah but it's I hear you, man. I, I have a I have beef with the toxic positivity movement, right? Because I, I I do believe that positive thinking works definitely sometimes, mm -hmm. but if we use it to avoid the trauma, to avoid the shadow, like we just become beasts. We just project all our bullshit. And we don't look at our ourselves. And there's a, there's a, have you seen the movie Black Swan before? Uh, parts of it. I so the whole point it. of the movie is that one of the characters is a perfectionist. So she only spends time always looking at her light. Like, I have to be this like positive, great, amazing person. And the other character is someone who's like, represents a shadow. We're darker, they're more lustful. And then you see the type of story, the, the protagonist in a perfectionism ends up just destroying everyone. That leaks her need for, that always need for the light, she ignores the shadow. So I, I've noticed in myself and people that when you're always focused on that light, that positivity, the shadow just wreaks, wreaks havoc. And that, that, that's more of a, a spiritual, personal perspective, even, even with health, right? That 
it can be hard to go down that path because it's isolating. You know, I, I'm, I'm from New York City. I moved here. I just went back this weekend. Man, it just, it's tough because all social situations are around shitty food, shitty drugs, shitty people talking about bullshit. And it's, and once you wake up, which, which I did, thankfully, you look at everyone, you know, like all love, but it's, it's just tough. It's isolating. It, it truly is, is isolating. Taking that initial step back, but it becomes so free. So what was that journey for you? Like when I'm sure was it was at a young age, when did you fully become disillusioned by everything where you were like, Whoa, everyone, everyone's lying everyone's eating shit you know when was that moment for you and how did you navigate that um well it started me moving from ukraine and then my parents have always home cooked but then we would go out and get food and then i got stuck on good food yeah. or crappy food because it tasted really good yeah. so i'd go home and i go what is this like you know home cooked meals but yeah. i want that greasy stuff that everyone's eating so then i started eating those then i got fatter then I ended up in high school losing a bunch of weight and then people started treating me different. And I'm like, hmm, this is interesting. So then I gained a bunch of weight again. Hmm, people started treating me different. Lost a bunch of weight again. Hmm, people started treating me different. Then I got absolutely massive because I was thinking, well, if I can get people, you know, I need more girls. And this is what, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, has all these girls around him. So if I get jacked, then, yeah. then I'll have more girls. Well, I was 240 pounds, absolute unit shredded. No one wanted to talk to me. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so it was really interesting. They were more scared of me than than attracted to me. So then I'm like, okay, well, what's happening? And I played sports in between then. But it wasn't, it was probably wasn't until I was 18 or 17 years old and I got arrested that my whole life changed. And I was like, wait, this isn't me. So it took a it took a big catalyst to either shift my life when I saw how disappointed my parents were, not at me at themselves and how to keep me out of jail and all these other things that when i saw that reflected off of them and what the anger wasn't projected onto me it it scared the shit out of me yeah and everything shifted and then so i started exercising and that's what i was sharing i got focused on bodybuilding and and focus on um uh, going to personal training school since the age of 18 and and trying to work on my body because it kept me away from bad people because yeah. it's a lonely lonely uh endeavor yeah. is bodybuilding and uh so then i tried the exercise and i go oh this is helping i'm getting bigger and then i was like let me try diet because i've never had abs since i was like four years old you know let me try that oh that worked okay well that's cool and then well then i'm gonna keep playing sports and then i got injured and then i gained a bunch of weight and then i met paul check and then i started following his curriculum and then all the puzzle pieces started to fit together where the food qualities the water the meditation the thoughtfulness the mindfulness the shadow work all those things started coming together but also helped me with coaching people and then what ended up happening was that shifted my life so much and there was a point where i looked back and it was further to go back than to keep going forward yeah for sure and that was that turning point where there there was no turning back. To go back is more painful than it is to move forward. And the pain of moving forward, yeah. the pain of moving back is way worse. It's an amazing way to put it. I never heard it put like that. But it's it's so true. I think I intu intuitively felt that, right? Where it's in my body where I look at, you know, okay, what would it, even though it's super isolating on this new journey, because most people don't don't think like me, especially in COVID, it, it was just like, I lost all my friends the way the way I thought, which which is fine. But what it what to me what, what I thought was 
how much more painful would it be to keep feeling like I can't speak or I can't say certain things or I have to keep eating shit or I have to keep going to clubs, people drinking around me, like, fuck that. I'd rather be alone, feeling healthy and all of that. And it's also like I trusted, someone in, something in me trusted that it would eventually work out. But, but um, I wanted to shift it to more health uh, conversation now. You mentioned shadow work as like an integral part of your, your health curriculum. Why is shadow work, beyond the psyche, why, why is shadow work actually important for our health? How does it affect our, our system, our cells, our gut? Like, what, why is it actually important for, for our health? So the holistic system, the, to, to participate in something that's holistic, you start with the spirit, you go to the, the mental, the emotional, then the physical. They all interact with each other. But yep. the spirit comes in when you have a, a shift that needs to occur. Yep. And most people, they feel their emotions and they try to absolve themselves of those emotions. They try to get rid of them or touch them or suppress them or whatever they, their coping mechanism is for those things. Besides feel them, see the situation and move forward. And then they, a lot of people will skip the emotions. They don't want to feel them. They go to the physical. Yep. So you see a lot of athletes will, once again, try to exhaust themselves which also is energy in motion. You exhaust your energy and then you don't feel those emotions temporarily. But then the lesson is still at the spirit level. And then you start getting those thoughts that you need to pick, get mm -hmm. out, pick the mind, weed, the weeds out of the mind and you know, cultivate a new garden in your mind. And weeds are always going to be there. No matter how clean your garden is, you're always going to get some weeds. Birds going to fly over. That was rustling and something, spread a seed, boom, they're up. So whenever people get a message, of, from spirit that they need to change, their body usually reflects that. And when people come to me, they usually come to me with an issue of pain. Mm -hmm. And your organs, people don't know, are the place where your body feels emotions, which is why uh, when you have a breakup, people feel it in their heart. When they're anxious, they have butterflies in their stomach. Of course, when yeah. they can't digest something, they feel constipated. When they're angry, it's like everything curls up your liver is where you process anger. Yeah. but also where you process joy. Mm -hmm. And so people don't realize on a, on a holistic level that our body consumes not only physically with the food that we eat on a physical level, the emotional level of emotions and interactions of love and joy, happiness, and also pain because it gives us the dualistic perspective. Then our thoughts feed our, on our, our, our mental capacity feeds on thoughts. So if you start feeding yourself good food, but you have really poor thoughts that you're feeding yourself that you're not looking into why you're feeling those thoughts. And then I'll give you an example in a second. And then the spirit feeds on how you're perceiving nature and how you view life. So it could be any religion, however, your what your relationship is with everything that's outside of ourselves. That's a mystery. Yep. And so going back to that, why I pay attention to, the, the mental, emotional, the spiritual is because when people have a physical issue that starts in their mind, something that they need to learn, but they're not looking at directly. And so by addressing the physical, you free up the capacity for them to think mentally better. So if I hop you up on sugar right now, there's no way I'm going to have, you're going to sit and be able to peacefully meditate. So we start with the physical, we get their body hormonally, chemically, or in biochemically stable. So that way they can sit and think clearly but most people can't think clearly because they're too they're too toxic let's say for yeah. for mm -hmm. lack of a better word that i'm thinking about right now um 
And so when you free up the physical, then all of a sudden all these thoughts come flooding in. And so as people get healthier, that's when they go to the good vibes and they go, well, I don't like that thought. Mm-hmm. But the thought keeps coming back because you need to learn a lesson. Because if you don't learn a yeah. lesson, then the feelings is uh, <laughs> a drastic example. Europeans think it's okay to hit your kids to discipline. Yeah. But I don't think so. But that runs through me. Those thoughts run through me. And then I get to those points. But then I have to stop and go, okay, well, here's the, here's the thought. Is this true? Is this thought going to create more discipline? Well, if I want to create a world where my kids don't experience that, I'm going to have to try certain things. Well, that may, I need to go take a parenting class or I need to take a communication class or I need to check with other people how they do it. It takes work yeah. and it takes time. And people can make money passively, but they can't make time passively. Time is the most valuable thing that people have. Because if I give you, I've heard this one time where it's like, if I give you a billion dollars, but you die tomorrow, would you take it? No. So money is not more valuable than time. Mm -hmm. And you can do this with all the things across the board. So people have a hard time giving up time to get the thing that they want. And so they get stuck on that thing. And that's why I involve like, hey, you're already here. You're spending time that you exchanged money with me. So we're going to focus on those things because once you realize what the pattern is, you're going to realize there's a better way to do it. And it's going to absolve that effect reoccurring in your body. Yeah. So good how you put it, man. Because everything, everything is, is so fucking connected. So connected. Especially even the, the, the spiritual lessons. Like for me, you know, I, ha- I had serious gut issues my, my whole life. And, you know, I thought it would be as simple as... You know, going to gastrointestinal, whatever, whatever gastrointestinal, what's the word? Gastro- Gastrointes- uh, gastroenterologist. That, going to them and being like, oh, they probably know what's up and fix something. Nope. Um, you know, start eating more vegetables. Nope. Like, I just tried all this stuff until I realized that, fuck, man, I had to, like, process trauma. I had to, you know, get aligned with myself. I had to release all kinds of, whatever, all the, all the stuff, all the spiritual cleansing stuff. And then my stomach was finally like, oh, okay, we're going to start moving now. Um it's so crazy how the medical world just forgets all of that, that everything is so connected and it fucks people up. You know, even even uh, for mental health-wise, psychiatry-wise, we're in a state of the world where we're just giving people pills to, to deal with their mind. I was in that boat too. I was 19 on, I think, nine different psychiatric medications, um, which could have been just been sold by, hey, you know, stop eating Shake Shack and not working out and, you know, address your, your, your shadow. So what are, what are like, because uh, when people hear that argument to me, like, I'm not for psychiatric meds most of the time all that kind of stuff they'll say you know but what if someone needs them in that in that moment what if you can't clear the wires so to counteract that let's talk about let's say someone comes to you first time patient or or, or someone you're working with and they're they're in, in a state of just health in whack their mind's in a rut what's the simplest thing you do beyond the beyond medication to be like to get to a place where you can actually talk to them like how do you quickly get someone to a space where they're not in that like in that super intense rut i would say first of all the people that come see me are i would say a little bit different a lot of them are about to give up okay and so the level of compliance is very high is because i have no patience for people that don't want to help themselves now if they're trying that's a different story if they're actively going okay I'm going to do all these things, but I'm going to start with water. I don't care if it takes them a year to do it. They're trying. They're working at it. You know, Uh, it will take them faster. But um, I'm going to answer your question the way I 
that's popping up and then you could re-ask it to redirect me. Go ahead, man. Um, but most people that come with certain symptoms, the first thing we start with, you know, we ask their health history, find out what, what they're on. Uh, and we, we catalog, they catalog their symptoms. <clears throat> and then my wife does really great investigative work and digs up all the you know information on people's pharmaceuticals that they're taking. And we don't pull people off of drugs. Uh, we let their doctors do that, but we advise, here's what's happening. And then the first thing we do is we go, okay, here's the problems you came in with, right? And then they go, yeah. And then I go, okay, well, here are the symptoms of the medications you're taking. Does this look different or the same? And 75 to 90% of the time, the symptoms they're experiencing match the symptoms from the drugs. Mm -hmm. So once you show them that and it crosses their membranes of their perceived ideas of what's normal or healthy or what's going to be beneficial, they go, oh, well, I can't argue this. It's, li it's literally a literature that they gave me that I didn't read. Yeah. They told me it was good and I was like, cool, unconsciously pop pills. But then when you actually read the back of the thing, it says, you know, I'm going to have constipation, diarrhea, and, you know, uh, vomiting and uh, joint aches and, you know, blood pressure issues. And then you and here I wrote before you even looked at this, the exact same things like I have irregular stools and joint aches and diarrhea and every occasionally I vomit and I can't sleep. And then so the first point is realizing that what they're doing isn't working. Yep. And so when you start getting someone stabilized, it depends on what they're needing. Some people like for you, if your brain's always racing and you you look like you could you could move and you won't fall apart because uh, some people that come see me, they can't. They have herniated discs yep. and they can't function. So for you, I might I might take you and I uh, in my in my house, I have this uh, in my gate. I have this huge hill. So if you can't sit and think what I would do is I would we would sprint up that hill until <laughs> you can't. Until one point, I'm going to look at you and go, what do you think? And you go, nothing. And I go, good. Now let's go. So it exhausts you yeah. to get you to a point where you can think straight if you have the physical capacity to, to do so. But that's that's where the work begins. Most people go, ah, oh, okay, I'm, I'm done thinking. This is wonderful. I don't have those thoughts. But that's actually where the work begins. Of course, yeah. So then, and then for some people, you have to... Uh, work with them because everyone's people get pissed when they don't get what they want yeah and they start getting this idea that you know well i know you can help me but then they'll fight you along the whole way so you go okay well i'm gonna i'm gonna have you cut this out of your diet i'm gonna have you add this in like what is that gonna do do it it's gonna make you feel better and then before you know it and as you're doing some manual therapy you're taking them out of pain and you get them out of pain so for the people that are in pain you get them out of pain and then when they're not thinking about pain they can think about what got them into pain so sometimes there's a delayed reaction of if people are like look like they're healthy, I can run you. We go and do that and then exhaust you to the point where you're not thinking about stuff. And then we start talking about the things, your thoughts and start breaking down your thoughts and what you're saying to yourself and to me. And I reflect that back to you. But people that are in pain, the biggest thing is you get them out of pain, whether it be digestive, mental, emotional, physical, joint, back, herniations, whatever, whatever they're going through. You get them out of pain and then you're going to notice some time goes by. And then they're able to focus on the things that matter more that are causing the problems that got them there. And then you could start to infiltrate and help them. Yeah, for sure. What you're describing that the medical world doesn't really do is the pharmaceutical world looks at symptoms to medicate. 
like you know you're, you're feeling this way and all they learn to educate in the education is this patient describes x symptom pill that matches that symptom boom but what, you, what you're addressing is what i think all good healers or doctors anyone should do is symptom let's try and figure out you know why this is on like a holistic space and if we can't figure it out let's get to a space where we can't figure it out where you're you know regulated enough to to do it how, how do you feel about the current state of uh, the medical world um well it's highly unethical and immoral when you look at the oath that they take as do no harm and then you've replaced the idea of not doing harm without the observation of what you're actually doing so then you come to this conclusion that either you realize you're hurting people which is really painful because if you've been a medical practitioner for 10 20 30 years and you start looking like look at the opiate crisis yeah. you start looking back at all the opiates you prescribed and how many people potentially you've damaged along the way that's very hard on the that's very hard on the heart to handle it's heavy and to know that you potentially could have killed people and then you took this oath that says do no harm always do what's in the best interest of your patient and having to come to terms with that and what most people do is they double down on the lie yep and and it's very unfortunate you know and then on top of that there's also let's say there are doctors that have good intentions still and at the same time with the policies in place you could lose your license for not prescribing something you could you lose your license for advising someone what's best for them yeah if it goes against whatever the boards or the the social pressures are or the pharmaceutical pressures or um yeah yeah whatever big media is saying it's um it's brainwashing to some degree like uh i'll have you know i'm not a doctor by any means i, I have personal experience i think i know some a small not to your level but a small dot of what what this stuff's about from my own experience it's literally like talking to uh, an NPC robot with like two lines. It's like you challenge a belief that happens. Like, oh, no, like you're wrong. You know, conspiracy theorist or, you know, where are you reading that from? Mm -hmm. um, just to have, they're so convinced based off their education, which is just an indoctrination, that they can't, they can't even debate or have room to, to think. And it is going back to that, that it's so fucking hard to, you know, I, I've had therapists and psychiatrists in the past, I no longer do, but they're good people. They're nice, kind people. They're, they're, they have a good heart. They're smart. Whenever I challenge them and I'm good enough at debating where they're like, oh, you're probably right. I'm like, why can't you do something? Like, why can't you take this to your patients? And I can't. Like, it takes someone like, you know, tens, 20, 30, like a long amount of years to change a currently established curriculum of, of medicine, which is, which is fucked. So do you have, a, how do you go about to a mission to like spread the holistic world? Like, how do you debate that in your mind of having the knowledge you do? being aware of what's going on in the world, how are you going about trying to make change or, or, or helping more people in those situations? How do you navigate that? Well, the question posed, how do I debate it? I don't. The truth is unbiased. Yeah. Once you see the truth, it's, there's no talking you out of it. Yeah. And so most people have this idea that outrage, the more outraged you are, that means you're right. And so the people that act like that what we're here to do as people who are taking the time their time their precious time to look at things and research things and make their own conclusions and then run those conclusions to find out i'm wrong or hey i've never felt better i've 
this is the best I felt. And you, you hear a lot of those stories and, you know, the same thing with like cancer remission patients that, you know, they have a spiritual moment and you'll talk to them and they have a very similar, um, si similar outcome in their conversations with, let's say God or spirit yep. or the universe is they say, I agree to change something and that's what I'm going to live. And then all of a sudden you have spontaneous remission everything disappears they're a medical mystery medical mystery yeah. that's a good one <laughs> and uh and but they they stay consistent with that because what i tell people you know if uh you know you're looking for the light in the world and if you don't see any light that means you're the light which means you need to carry that torch and there's a reason why they say there's a weight to knowledge there's a weight of knowledge is true knowledge is heavy is heavy to carry for sure and you have to be a strong person because if you're not strong and able to discern your mind and what you're seeing it will crush someone yeah. like finding out you're you know like like bill cosby did all those atrocious yeah. things and you go why bill yeah. you know and then you have to take a moral dilemma do i continue to support watch these shows whatever or do i ignore the fact that he did that and yeah. continue to support this person and um it's you know you you need to keep your mind aware of both polarities but then the the truth is where you operate in the world because all those things exist yeah like what you you know i don't know if, I don't know if i'm even allowed to say it's like like the epstein thing and say whatever you want man. okay cool like like <laughs> things <laughs> like the thing with like epstein like yeah. how i've had lots of people that i've talked to about that because i was trying to discern the information and go well is this possible? And then you start going into, well, what about these kids on milk cartons? What about these kids? You know, and you start learning about the uh, what CPS, and then you start learning about Planned Parenthoods, and then you start learning about and and if people are listening to this, like I have my own lines of open thinking, so it's not whatever bias that is associated to the things I'm mentioning. So because I've thought through all these things, and so I've brought up to people, and I go, well. Hold, if this is true, how do we keep supporting them? And so most people will prefer the entertainment over the truth, yeah. prefer the sleepy lie over the painful truth. But then some of these people that I talk to don't have kids. And I go, you haven't thought through what happens if it was your kid. And if you truly, you know, because some people didn't want kids. And so I can see how they can go, well, I'm not really attached to this kid thing. Yeah. But if you are involved in, with your children, like as we were children, hoping our parents were involved with us and wanted us and took care of us. People forget that we were children raised by parents. However, the condition we were raised. Now, let's say we want to be good parents and raise the next generation. Have you ever thought about that happening to your kid? And would that change anything? And so before I even allow that to happen, you have to go there to know how to not let that happen. Yeah. And that's a dark place to go to yeah it's it's a I, you saw during covid right where i had frustration was like parents living in so much fear that they fucked up their kids lives that's where i was like man like even though i, I have res I respect whatever you want to believe in i have no judgment there but it's more so that people like putting their own shit beyond the needs of their kids like being like i'm so scared of this thing based on what the media said that i'm gonna put my kids in a house for two years just because I'm afraid. And that that's, that point is so powerful. Like, truly think about, like, is what I'm doing now going to support the next generation? Because of, 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 however we treat kids now is creating 
like you know the brains are formed their you know their system nervous systems are formed everything now is is shaped in the next generation so it's a good thought exercise to, to think about is what i'm supporting and doing beneficial for the next generation which is which is tough because we really have to start shifting things to to create change and it, it to me why, why people are so a lot of my i'm a writer so a lot of my writing is about this topic is why the fuck can we talk about divisive topics why are we so uh, brainwashed by call it the matrix right whatever it may be um and to me it's that we hold on to belief because they soothe our pain to some degree like we, we need a, a certain perspective either it validates part of our ego it it, it blinds a shadow that when we have to believe something so fucking hard and we can't even listen to someone else we have to look at ourselves as to why we actually have to believe that that thing so much, and why can't we hold space for potentially being being incorrect? I mean, you see it nowadays; people just can't see anything outside of their own world. And even I just, even though I, you know, you and I may think about certain things similarly, I try to even zoom out, being like, could I have something wrong here? Always having the own, the open space. So, how is it leading to this question now? Being, you know outside the box although it is the right box in my eyes you're outside the box in terms of the, the western mainstream world how do you go about knowing that so many people think you're probably crazy or that you might receive a lot of negative comments based on things like how do you feel about that has that comments that hurt you have you gotten used to it i find that people don't really mess with me because really? i've yeah because even in my comments like when people message me and i don't have that many followers yeah. but people will try to troll me anyway but the point is when i when i write I write so that way I, if, if people argue, it's clear that they're arguing to argue Yeah. because the things I'm saying without tested information and without deep, deep amount of thought, you'll, you'll find yourself arguing for the wrong reasons. And so what I actually prefer is if they speak their truth and I engage with them and then I leave it in the comments. Because yeah. I believe people are smart. And if they go, ooh, I like that comment was really interesting. Let me go eat my popcorn and look through. They will continue to see the conversation and they make their own decision. Because I think there's no wrong situation. Because that's that's where I think the also the uh, the idea of absolving the world of pain doesn't exist mm -hmm. because of the law of polarity. You they're all the more the more Dalai Lama becomes holy, the more you have someone that counterbalances that. Yeah. It's designed that way. Mm -hmm. And so not everyone could be at the top, 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 because then once again, you'd create a division. But the world and this this the way the way this world operates is balance. And some even say I've heard Paul Cech say this, where it leans a little bit more to the light keeping them keeping the movement going towards the light because it, fa it favors it um so ultimately i don't think people are wrong i don't get upset uh because i don't get upset when my kids tell me that you know they argue that their mathematical equation that they've come up with is right <laughs> even though it's like they tell me two plus two is five and i don't get upset <laughs> at them like i know they don't know yeah. it's not something that i need to convince myself that i'm right and so i mostly observe and because i'm sure and I'm also okay of not being sure. Yeah. And I don't have this need to be right. That's that's what the key right there. Yeah. Yeah. And so I want the truth. So uh like I'll give you an example. If the earth is flat around, I don't care. Yeah. I want to know what it is. Yeah. 
but I'm and until someone takes me to the ice wall or whatever and I look over and I'm like, damn, you're right. It doesn't affect my life in any way. Yeah. But what I find out is throughout this whole debate between those two, the theme is because that people can't pull out is the government's lying to you. Yeah. And so I'm going, well, I could agree with that, yeah. you know, because whether the earth is flat or the um, the the videos that say uh, like Buzz Aldrin or uh, whoever was the one on the talk show saying that, hey, this wasn't a televised event. This was a studio picture. We didn't have a camera up there to set up and like this is televised so you could follow along with what we were doing. But then that's what people forget. They go, oh, what he says, like we were up there, but that was fake. But people get stuck on the fake part to affirm their bias. Yeah. But regardless. I'm going, okay, well, let's look at all those things. But until I figure out what exactly is, then that doesn't change how I interact with you. It doesn't yeah. change the fact that I'm driving my kids to school tomorrow and that I'm gonna fact I'm gonna help people and uh and to continue to learn information to discern all these things that are happening in the world. Um so it doesn't change much. Yeah. Probably gonna trigger a lot of people with that <laughs> that last uh conversation. But to me the point of that to unpack a little bit my perspective is that no matter what the issue is, no matter if it seems crazy to you or is like so convincing to you or you know, earth flat round, I'm in, I'm in the, 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 the round camp. Even that it's like, how do you, even if you really believe something to me, what a good kind person or a good person to me is how can you sit and respect and listen to someone that may have different perspectives than you? Just, just purely that, like for me, it's a, no matter what someone believes, even if you see it differently, can you sit down with a calm nervous system, listen, hear them out, and and uh, have have genuine conversation? That comes back to to healing. Mm -hmm. Is that I would say this: show me someone who's healed and peaceful who's getting triggered at an opinion. I, I don't think I can find that right. So it, it all comes down to to uh, how you heal yourself and how grounded you are in your system. You know, people who are so reactionary and reactive are, are probably dealing with a bunch of health issues. They're probably stuck in trauma. So to me, to me, it does come down to, I'm assuming you're able to have this balanced perspective because you're, you're calmer in your, in your system. The, are you familiar with archetypes? Uh, somewhat. Yeah. yeah so they're, they're these, uh, basically images of God that wants, that wants to enact itself. So wherever there's people, you're going to get someone that, Hey, I need a shelter. Well, what comes up? The archetype of the builder. And then he's going to look around and go, well, if I, you know, knock a bunch of these tall sticks over and then stack them up on top of each other and then put a put a cover over. Hey, that actually blocks out wind. This is actually more 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 nice than the thing before. So the archetype of the builder shows up. And so now at the same time that builder gets hurt and then someone goes, oh, well, let me try this. Now you have the archetype of the healer. Yeah. And so the shadow of the healer is one and save everyone from their own pain. But that's not how you heal people because you can the consensus is no one could heal you except you. So all you have to do is be the mirror for you and then you see yourself through me yeah. and then you heal yourself. I don't heal anybody. All I do is create a space where they can see the potential of a different reality that changes something in them and they carry on something different. So I don't have the, the need to save everybody. All I have the desire is to discern what my truth is and share it, whether it be spiritual, religious, economical and then when someone shares their truth because i'm not agitated by a different opinion i go well actually let me entertain that let's see that might work 
And then I change because I don't want to live in a paradigm of my mind that's not beneficial to my kids having a better future. Yeah. So when you're secure in something, you can have a conversation. Yeah. Um, like I'll give you an example. Um, I don't know if you're gay or straight, but if you have a, if you have a conversation with a gay person and you're comfortable with your sexuality and you're not going to be agitated about their experience because you're not confused. Yeah. But if you are confused, you might repel and you might not hear it because you can't hear it. Cause what if I'm gay? Yeah. But if you know who you are to, to the degree that whatever you're talking about, then you can have differing opinions. Oh, tell me about, uh, uh, Shabbat. Tell me about Hanukkah. Tell me about, uh, Christmas. Tell me about, you know, whatever holiday that, how does that go for you and your family? Oh, interesting. That's how we do it in my yeah. family versus, well, it sounds like you should be doing it. Like, cause you know, God bless you. You need, you know, yeah. bless your heart. Uh, you're going to go to hell and yeah. with, a, with whatever, cause they haven't taken the time to know what that is. And to me, people that do that create their own hell. And that is hell. They're living in hell while doing that yeah. because it's, di it's dividing the people that they're wanting to love. And it's creating conflict and they get torn apart. And then those people get injured, whether yeah. it be mentally, emotionally, physically, something, something gives out because their spirit and their body don't align and everything in between yeah, it's, is chaos. It's such a real shadow. You see it in the self-help coaching where people who just egoistically just want to help people, help people for their own egoistic, um, like cocaine bumps. You get a high of, oh, help that person. But we don't realize that I, I thankfully realized realized this at a young age that all you can really do is, is heal yourself and then through that process you can be an effective mirror or an effective presence to people who are going through stuff not with intention of, of fixing them be of just maybe sending an example or holding space but it really does come down to if you're in this space which probably a bunch of listening are focus on yourself focus on on healing yourself to the highest degree and in that process you will actually help way more people than if you just go straight to Helping someone based off that book you read, you know, that you kind of understand. So it's, 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 it's really fucking true. And I'm assuming that, you know, you, t you tell people the same thing who are wanting to coach. It's like focus on, on fixing you first. Like that's, that's just the most paramount thing. And on that, uh, what I wanted to talk about today on a health perspective is, is, is gut and food. So what's, give me, let's go down that route. Like what's your, what are the P's and Q's or, you know, the essentials for, for food and gut health in today's day and age? Uh, most of the time you're going to need to supplement with something depending on where you're at. Uh, before I even get to talking about food, most people don't, don't consistently stay long enough because what ends up happening is the healthier you get, the more pain you actually feel that you've ignored. Yep. Because as, as your stimulus goes yeah. down, people are like, Hey, I'm in pain. And then they go back to the thing that got, got them out of pain, but then it perpetually gets them worse. So that's the biggest thing is, Hey, when you actually get healthier, detoxing isn't pretty. Like you're going to paint your toilet, all sorts of different colors, and it's going to be uncomfortable. Your gut's going to hurt. Your skin's going to break out if you're doing it right. Yeah. And when so you're, it, sucks, but it has to true. come out yeah. through your breath. Like fat comes out, like mo most people's toxins, 60 something percent of them, I think comes out of your mouth and people are, don't get like grasp that. They're like, Oh, I thought I poop them out. It's like, yes. And most of it actually comes out of your mouth when you detox. Yeah. So, but then, you know, they do a three day juice cleanse. They go, I feel great. And then they go back to doing the behaviors. And that's what I see a lot of people do. They go, when can I get back to doing that? You don't. It's like, it's like saying, Hey, when can I become wealthy so I can be broke again? 
You go, why would you want to do that? Don't you want to, as, as you accrue a certain amount of money, then invest it? So that way, let's say your, your passive income from your investments pays your lifestyle. And then you can hand that over to your kids and secure your own, uh, your, your, your safety, security, sex, sustenance, where food's coming from. Why would you want to build and work so hard to then piss it all away? Yeah. And that's what a lot of people, where their mind's at, whether it be financially and food as well. Or if they're exercise, oh, I'm going to get healed up and then I'm going to go trash my body again. You yeah. know, why? You know, go sleep, <laughs> you know? So when we're talking about food is, is that these things come up is, uh, you know, clean water. Uh, if we're talking about clean water, we're talking about finding water from a spring, maybe have a charcoal filter so we can clean some kind of, you know, uh, parasites potentially out of there, bacteria, uh, make sure the spring is clean. And uh, if you don't have a spring, get an RO system or... Uh, a hydrogen system something that something that cleans your water a little bit more and yeah. then you can add some celtic salt wiping out uh process salt out of your system that's been demineralized and denatured uh and iodine has been added to it and so basic celtic salt himalayan salt hawaiian salt salt that comes from the earth that the earth made the earth's pretty cool at making stuff yeah and really good at it in the especially in the proportions that your body needs so now you have uh, like Shilaji, Irish sea moss. You see a lot of people talking about it. It has over 90 of the 102, I think, minerals that your body needs to function. And most people have this idea that they need macros to function. But if you cut out all the macros out of your diet and you put minerals in, you'll, so, you'll, you'll continue to survive. The macro is such bullshit. Yeah. It is true bullshit. Yeah. Have you ever seen people uh, that don't eat and gain weight? <laughs> like, how do you explain that with macros? Yeah. How do you put no calories in and then your body gains weight so there's something that happens on a quantum level and the same thing with when i when people look at the sun like how do you take light rays and then your body creates vitamin d all you have to do is think about those two several things long enough and you'll realize wow none of that matters if you follow macros but don't sleep you'll gain weight yeah so it's also it, even even for the people who are so I go, you know, I'm I'm a part of the gym, bro. I like going to the gym, I like lifting, mm -hmm. and I have I have a trainer, a love and and blessings to him. He's very much convinced on the, the macros. Right? He's in good shape. He's he's a, he's a good looking dude. He's strong, but he's I'm always like, bro, like you may like this may make you look a certain way, uh, but your internal system is probably a mess. You know, like just because you have a, abs and muscles, you're still eating, you know, protein powder covered in heavy metals. Eating a bunch of you know gluten and, and processed things. You want a Chick Fil A because it it fits your your macros. And again, not 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 throwing a shot. Just it's all love. But to, so let's bring it back to, to the food concept. But you know how do we bust the argument right now that 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 macros just aren't beyond beyond like do they even make you like look good? Is that just new genetics or is there any silver lining in them? Um, the silver lining would be. If you got rid of macros and focused on the quality of food, and let's say you follow, you know, cutting out gluten, cutting out processed dairy. I, I, I don't even eat dairy. I don't eat eggs because I've been eating them for so long that it, it busts my gut up so much that I, that I have to eat like, I have to eat duck eggs, ostrich, quail, anything other than chicken. Cause I've eaten chicken so much in my whole life. Cause I bodybuilded yeah. <laughs> and, and I used to eat 6,000 calories a day. And then I was, I was an ox, 240 pounds, lean, got injured. Started follow, you know, learning about Paul Check's work, uh, cleaned my gut up, absorption, started working on my gut health, 
started eating maybe 1500, 2000 calories, went from then 220 again, back up to 240 lean. And I started realizing that macros are absolute garbage. Because if you follow how, how are macros going to, you're going to dictate if, unless you keep your ex energy expenditure the same all the time. Yep. What happens if you have a hard day at work? What happens if you take a day off? Yeah. Are you going to have a tailored macro scale? And then how are you actually calculating deficits and calories and all of those 500 pluses, 500 minuses, what you're doing is ultimately robbing your system of the nutrition needs. And when you eat and let your body absorb food, if they fix their gut, let's, let's say, um, that's the same argument as putting someone on a feeding tube. Mm. They're alive. Yeah. <laughs> Great. But are they thriving? Yeah. And, and so when you look at other people's health and you actually start looking into more careful things, like, are they taking TRT? Are they taking, well, why isn't their testosterone up naturally? Why, why can't you get an erection at 20, 30 years old? That's a problem. Yeah. And it has to do with nothing, nothing outside of, uh, uh, the way you think and the food and the chemicals you're putting all up in your body. Um, and we have a health, we have a generation of really healthy looking sick people that don't have periods that can't get, can't get erections without, without help have to be on, uh, hormones to They're going for women right now. Yeah. I know a lot of women who just who are think that, so my, my sister has had experience with eating disorders and it's this false belief that women thrive on being super skinny uh -huh. and it leads to them by having menstrual issues. It's, it's all here. Yeah. I, but back to the question of uh, how do we dispel the macros? I think I think going back to that saying, if you see people who don't eat gain weight, if you know those people, and all you have to do is be brave Somebody, enough yeah. to find someone and watch them not eat all day and get bigger and get bigger and get bigger after consuming, let's say, another cookie, and then they become you know they eat a cookie a day, and then all of a sudden they keep putting on weight, and then the person that eats like a train and loses weight. Well, then what's going on? So it all goes back to digestion and absorption because those same people that come to me and go, hey, I can eat whatever I want and I don't gain weight. The moment I fix their digestion, they cannot do that. Yeah. Because what ends up happening is all those toxins start absorbing into their system and they don't gain weight because of fat. They gain weight because of so much toxic things they're putting in their system that the way your body buffers that is added water because if you drink, let's say you drink a, a cap of bleach, you might get really sick. Yeah. But if I put a cap of bleach in, you know, five gallons of water and had you drink it, you may not, it may not make you as sick yeah. because you've diluted those contents. So what your body does is it retains water to dilute toxicity. And also why we don't eat commercial animals is because the toxins that the animal produces get stored in the adipose tissue. But also that's where you get all those fat soluble vitamins that are really healthy for you. So now you have to eat chicken breast and not have good minerals and vitamins, which is actually what you need out of the chicken thighs, because that's where all the chickens, gluten, soy, and inflammation is stored in. So now you eat that and you get sick. But then when you go to a farmer that takes care of their farm on a regenerative farm and lets their chickens run and eat, you know, carcasses and bugs all day, and those eggs are deep, deep orange. And, you, and let's say you do eat those eggs and your body absorbs them. You're going to get a better react. You're not going to get the same reaction as if you would one of those commercial, I don't know, Tyson, if they maybe make chicken or whoever the chicken consumer, yep. you know, farmer is. And you're going to get an inflammatory reaction, like your fart smell. You're like, oh, well, how many people do you know that look really healthy that have really bad gas? 
or they don't menstruate or their hair's fallen out. They, they, their libido is low or they have joint aches that they're ignoring. They're wearing bands and straps. That's not healthy. So they're ignoring things while, while idolizing the fact that they have abs and low body fat percentage. And if you, there's, there's people that get cosmetic surgery that they lie to you about. They yeah. lie that they had it. It's also the mental health too. Like, um, definitely the quality of fat you're eating, all that determines the way your brain functions. Like, yeah. I'll tell people who are, again, friends who are jacked or in good shape. My sister, you know, she's, she's in good shape. She's on the macros train. And she's like, I look good. And I'm like, <clears throat> I promise your brain's not doing good. And you're, you're, the only fat you're getting is, you know, what, canola, canola oil, all your fat sources are fucked up. Like it's, you know, it's, it's truly, truly fucks. It does affect your, your brain in that way. That's why I do it. For me, I do all this stuff. Like I try to eat the way I do and, and work out. Not because I want to look good. That's definitely a plus, but it's because I cannot function. My brain's not functioning. I've gotten to that point of awareness where just like, I need my brain to be feeling like it's working to some degree. That will, It's so crazy now that you know, you're probably in the same boat that you've woken up and you're aware of how it feels to feel good. The smallest thing could take me out of, out of feeling that way. The smallest fucking thing. Like, you know, one wrong piece of meat. Um, uh, one wrong water bottle. And just the smallest thing that you're aware of, you, you start realizing, fuck, like how important it is to keep yourself functioning at a high level. It, 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 it can get frustrating. Uh, yeah. And the people that go on and on and on, and like, let's say they, they, let's say they're trying to go on this health journey. It's like that looking back. It's like, you have to go far enough, maybe a couple months, three months of like, like I call it being pregnant. Cause you, if you're, if you're pregnant and let's say you're not pregnant tomorrow, you're not gonna be pregnant the next day and then not pregnant the next day and then pregnant the next day. It doesn't, that's not how your bi biology functions. So the way I tell people is pretend you're pregnant, carry this through. Yeah. You know, three to nine months. Because then what happens is exactly what you're describing. Then you're like, I'm going to go to my friend's birthday. And you're going to have a drink. And you're going to get pissed face drunk. Or you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna be so hungover. And you have some birthday cake. And then your gut's going to be distended. And you're not going to notice that. Yeah. Or you're, you're, I'm sorry, you're going to notice that like you haven't noticed it before. Yeah. But you need enough space from the abuse to realize that what you're doing is was not healthy and then when you experience the abuse again you go holy smack holy shit i'm like really abusing my yeah. body you know it really pisses me off nowadays and, and all this stuff where i'll, I'll get triggered I'll, I'll own the trigger is that when people i know who are part of that world say i have disordered disordered eating because i eat healthy because I, I don't want to eat cake bread i don't want to drink alcohol i don't want to go eat fried chicken that i somehow have, have disordered disordered eating it just it really pisses me off that, that you know it just like what you can ask them is, uh, well, what's, what's, uh, what's, uh, uh, what's this disorder? Like, why is this disorder so bad? And then they'll say, oh, you're not having fun. And I go, well, that's projecting that I'm not having fun. And I go, do you think I'm not having fun? Well, why am I here if I'm not having fun? Yeah. And then you can, and then you can go, well, why do you think I'm not eating? You ask them questions. Yeah. Best way to ask, you know, get people. Is I do that, questions. but they just get like, they're so convinced of their shit. They get so they like. They gotta hear it. They gotta hear it. <laughs> I know. You know, and you go, well. Um, why, why do you think I don't eat this way? Cause you say it makes you feel like garbage. Okay. So if that is true, let's pretend that is true as my friend, you're my friend, right? And they'll go, yeah, of course, you know, best friend or whatever. You go, well, why would you want to put me in a situation that brings me harm? Well, I don't want to do that, but, but then I told you this brings me harm. And then usually it, something clicks and then they go, well, ah, forget it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then they stop labeling you as having a disorder. Yeah.
it's such a complex road because there are I don't know how you think what you think about it, but there there's definitely high massive high prevalence eating disorders nowadays, especially with with women. And the the frustration I have is then the current recommendations to do that are like you should feel good about eating anything, right? You should feel good about eating that cake or that coke. And for some who like can't eat anything or on that journey, maybe, but it just it doesn't make sense to me that like we're we're like applauding and like recommending people just to feel good about whatever they eat so they don't get a, a psychological issue. It never really made uh, made much sense to me, but you know it's the it's the world we we live in. The truth of the matter is, they're trying to get you to eat the stuff that they're selling. Oh, for sure. Because if people ate the treats that I eat, <laughs> that are gluten free, dairy free, don't have sugar, and and then you go on a fast and you stop eating sugar for let's say yeah, three months, your taste buds will restructure and reset. And most people don't even like if you give someone that eats a lot of sugar strawberries or yeah. raspberries they can't taste them yeah for sure and so when you have to reset their palate and Especially you go that. yeah here eat these eat these chocolate chip cookies i made they don't have dairy they don't have gluten they have maybe a butter but that's not lactose let's say uh they don't have eggs in them they were replaced by either like flax or applesauce or whatever you know and but but in people's minds that doesn't that doesn't make sense it's like them going hey come over to my house so we can eat squirrel you're like what but why? It's an animal. People eat squirrel all the time. And and then you go, well, come to my house. We'll eat testicles. Oh, testicles. That doesn't make sense to me. Well, have you tried? Man, that's that's some serious, serious testosterone that you get. Vitality that you get. Um, but it's getting past that idea that we shouldn't eat that. Because someone put that in your mind. That organs are icky. And all you got to do is continue to eat you know, Tyson chicken nuggets and chicken breast because that's healthy and then that's what tastes good and then you don't even taste it because it's bland as shit and you see that pouring sauce and ketchup all over it anyway right did you see that new hierarchy i think like the white house nutritional guideline where they had like frosted mini wheats and like kale at the top and then had like ground beef and eggs all the way at the bottom yeah i mean it's pretty safe to say like whatever they're recommending flip it and then you're gonna be better off like that's it's if if you can apply that and and then even make a thought experiment and go well, if I I look around and go who are the happier people, truly not the ones that are walking around, uh, creating chaos and gossip and all these things. Like if you find really happy people, what are they doing? And then you'll find out that they probably don't eat too much sugar. And if they do, they're okay with the way they look and and they they don't look absolutely terrible. But because their mind is really healthy and has a purpose like taking care of their kids and going to their work and coming back and enjoying their family you're going to notice that the things that they do are usually healthier yeah yeah for sure but then you might if you and then the more questions you give them then you'll like like you're you'll be a, you'll, you're a type of person that could probably find bugs in people's thinking really easily yeah. you know and then you go oh that's agitating you let's let's poke on that a little bit and and once you find people with very little agitations, things that they do are usually synonymous with healthy mindsets, healthy food, healthy water, cutting out EMFs, cutting out, you know, blue lights out of their out of their life and wearing things that are organic instead of uh, they don't care the way they dress. You know, they're not not the sense that they don't care as like I'm going to go in my boxers, but they'll they. They don't put that much emphasis because I don't see my clothes. You see my clothes. And so I'm wearing something that's comfortable, but y'all are seeing the way I'm dressed. I don't see it. So um, 
And if this doesn't look great, great. I feel comfortable. I can my body breathe. But if I put on a bunch of polyester and like some, uh, like whatever the, I can't think of another one except Lululemon. If I put on some Lululemon, I feel like I'm suffocating. It's crazy that this may get flagged for just deep misinformation, but it's my own personal experience. I used to wear like, like a compression shorts, like polyester compression shorts as boxers. And I was in that period of time struggling to get full erections. I didn't feel as, as aroused. My libido was down. And I was just confused. I was like, I, I, I think I'm pretty masculine, you know, all this stuff. I was like, what the fuck's going on? And I switched to just like plain old, old school cotton boxers, like the long ones. Erection's better, more libido. Just like, oh, I always thought that stuff was like, not, you're crazy for saying that, but I, I literally experienced it. Like, it, it's, mm. it's true. Like, I, I, I do believe that wearing that stuff was actually costing me of, of, of a certain amount of testosterone. My dick wasn't, wasn't functioning mm -hmm. as well as it is now with, with wearing either no underwear or cotton boxers. Yeah. Commando gang, yeah. right here, <laughs> all day. I don't, I, I don't, I don't remember the last time I put on like boxers. I do actually. Uh, my best man at my wedding got us matching briefs, and so we took pictures in the briefs, and then I immediately was like, I'm, I'm done with. You're this. against even just like cotton boxers, no, no underwear all the time. That's ball, the ball it, is free. That's, that's my preference. Yeah, that's my. Preference. What, what is, there, is there an argument you have for that? Like why, why you do it? Um, well, I'm not comfortable in them. Okay. That's enough. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, you know, when you have shorts on top of like loose boxers, they they tend to bunch, and they and then I have bigger legs, so all my pants, even when I stand up in these pants, yeah. if I don't tie them above my waist, my legs as I walk, it'll it'll bring my pants down, and yeah. it's annoying because my my waist is smaller than my 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 legs are, so nothing really fits right, and if I and I can't wear anything loose, so I have to wear compression, but I don't want to wear compression, so then I'm stuck going like, well, well what do I want to do? So the answer is nothing. Because the mechanism for your balls and your testicles are, if they are cold, they come up for more body heat because they need to stay at a certain heat. Yeah. <laughs> so they need to be able to float. And if they can't float up and down based on what the environment is, then it's going to affect your sperm health and it's going to infertility. Compression and... shorts, like, your, your balls are just like, it's like turtle, turtle shells. Yep. It's like a... Yeah. And now if you're, okay. if you're working out and you're hot, and I get it if you're like, you know, a professional athlete and... You know, there's like way too much balls and stuff hanging around that you don't want to, you know, flying around. Like, I totally get it for like a com competitive edge. Basketball to... game or something. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I would do the same thing. Like yeah. when I play football or I'm like, I'm, I'm compression shorted up. Yeah. So that way I'm not like, you know. Not to lift weights. You don't need to like lift weights. Yeah. And stuff. yeah. No. I mean, uh, hand cleans maybe. Cause I've, <laughs> I've, I've definitely, uh, had not fun with the bar, uh, uh, with some, you know, shorts and I've, I've underclipped myself before. So. Uh -huh. Yeah, it's, so if, I, if I'm if I'm speaking from that perspective, I don't I, I don't do hand cleans unless I have some fitted shorts. But once again, it's like there's a tool. Like I don't walk around with a hammer, you know. I go, I need a hammer. I go get my hammer and I nail the nail the thing and I put my hammer back. So yeah. I have clothes and shoes and cleats for different sports that I participate in. But then I don't. I wear what's comfortable on a day to day basis that my body can breathe in. And, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna take a little U turn right now. So most of my following is. It's a high amount of females. Um, I don't know why, just is the way it is. But um, what are some of the main things you're concerned about with, with female health nowadays? Like the biggest obstructors to having a flourishing female body. What are the things you recommend to like that all women should be doing for their health? Um, one, I'm gonna start by saying you should have my wife on here. She <laughs> wrote a, a holistic health and performance for women for Paul Check. 
It's a mind blowing course. So everyone should be taking it because it teaches men and a lot of men buy it to learn how to train their, their female clients. Mm-hmm. Um, shameless plug, <laughs> but uh, getting feminine hygiene products because there are tons of chemicals in them. So you like basically fumes, all that kind of stuff, uh, makeup, tampons, pads, yeah. underwear, um, like dams if they're not changed properly. Understanding why your moon cycle is the way it is and, and your flow is the way it is. Your body is trying to get rid of toxins. Yeah. And if you don't let it or you let it sit up there too long, it gets reabsorbed into your body, yeah. making your liver and your kidneys work even harder. So that's one of the biggest things. Bras. Find a bra that doesn't restrict because what I see in, in a clinical setting is the tighter the bra the woman has, what what will happen is they will... If this is your rib cage and people are watching this, if this is your rib cage, and I'm sure even a lot of a lot of women listening to this, by the band being tight and you can't breathe, when you breathe diaphragmatically, it starts to flare the top ribs open while keeping the the upper ribs compressed. So you're gonna have a lot of movement here, but there's not movement here mm-hmm. in in the expansion of 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 the uh, of the rib cage. Which is going to severely impact the way your ability to, to breathe, regulate your your emotional state, your mental state. Because once again, it's trying to, you know, like you're suffocating. Yeah. And it also changes your physical structure. On top of that, back to the also the ball and the breast argument is they need to be able to move because that's how we pump lymph through our system. No, no bras. No bras. The bras. Or uh, finding a bra that's very loose that's not compressed. So pretty much, you know, makes makes so they don't fall out. If if that's if that's because I, I mean I totally get like if women have, women have really large breasts, yeah sure I get it yeah but find something that's supportive that's not constrictive like if you lift up a bra and you could see a strap it's too tight yeah and you need them to be able to move and it's on the it's societal's problem that have over sexualized breasts to go oh, they're bouncing yeah but that's what they need to do if you look at women in Africa that don't wear uh, bras or any other cultures that don't wear bras that's the first one that comes to mind is they move and the lymph system is like a pond and you moving is a fountain in the pond and why they put huge fountains in the pond is not for our pleasure it's to break the surface tension of the water so it doesn't develop scum if the, if the pond is still it develops a coat and then that could suffocate all the fish underneath it that's why fish die if there's a film oxygen can't actually get into the water because you know you'll see fish jumping out because fish breathe oxygen like we do, and so if if you create this film of filth, you start getting appendicitis, you start getting lymph nodes that are swollen, you start getting adenoids, tonsils being pulled, your spleen starts suffering, your immune system starts suffering, and when you can walk around, commando or free chested, you know you put a shirt on, whatever you know. I'm not saying if you don't want to walk around naked, that's I get it, um, and. I'm, I guess societally we'll have to catch up to that as well. Um, <laughs> but ultimately, you need them to move and bounce. Yeah. And even though it's uncomfortable, it's uncomfortable because you're not used to it. And the same thing with men. Oh, it feels like they're bouncing around. Yeah, because it's clearing old gunk out of there. Yeah. You need them to be able to move. Yeah. And same thing with uh, zone exercises, moving Tai Chi exercises, exercises that move your body in a pumping mechanism without exerting force not exercising you know paul check calls it working in mm-hmm. building energy instead of expending energy good way to put it yeah it pumps 
the lymph through your system because it's the only system in your body that doesn't have an active mechanism that yeah. pumps. So if you sit around and you'll see it in a lot in like secretaries, you'll see a lot in, in uh, women who sit and men who sit a lot, their hips will get bigger, but their upper body is like tiny because their upper body is moving all the time, but they're stationary below. And it's not because that they're, they have, uh, you know, they're eating something wrong. It's the lymph is stagnant and it's collecting bacteria. And what, what do you need to buffer that bacteria we talked about earlier? You need water and fat. So your body will put more fat to shove more things in and then also water to dilute so you don't get really sick. That's why a lot of people get sick when they start going on these huge weight loss endeavors instead of changing certain things and letting their body do what it's supposed to do. Like if you're, I promise you, if someone's a gymnast and they, they train like a gymnast, they're going to look like a gymnast. If they're, you know, playing football and they're trying to be a linebacker, if they play linebacker and train, they're going to look like a linebacker. If, if you're going to be, a, you know, the cyclist and you want big quads, go cycle. Because I'm telling you, you're going to get massive, massive quads. If you're like a, one of those, have you seen those cyclists that have those white wheels with the black trim yeah. and then they're pedaling in a circle? None of those guys have small, small quads. Huh. They're all like oxes. Yeah. So your body will reflect what you're doing. Yeah. Ultimately. So back to the whole thing with women is you need to let them move. And if that means like taking your bra off when you get home, let's say you're at work and everyone's a little uptight and it's, and you feel insecure. I get that. Uh, find something that's comfortable. Um, and then when you get home, immediately take it off because you need to move. And if you get a trampoline, like a little bouncy trampoline and a bounce around, let them bounce yep. because that's going to be great for breast, uh, breast circulation. Um, you know, I'm not going to say what, the obvious elephant in the room here is, um, but it's going to reduce a certain type of illness uh, that women are plagued with and they go get scanned for very, very regularly. Um, but that's once again, what we we're talking about, you, you collect a bunch of scum in an area that's very sensitive, that has a lot of life moving through it. And same thing with even breastfeeding. When you have a milk duct that's clogged, you got to pull it through and you know, you know how to solve a, <laughs> a milk duct issue. You get your partner just, suck it out of there <laughs> i mean that's one of the things you do yeah um so they're they're they need to move um so we have uh the products that they use whether it be for for, men for menstruation those are very toxic especially if they're not organic uh what's the alternative to like tampon or a pad i mean you could still wear tampons but make sure they're organic and the cotton that, that's in there change them regularly change them regularly yeah pay a little bit more um yeah they're not as absorbent you know they're um and you're, yeah, you're going to have to change them regularly. And at the same time, your body will thank you. Your, your physiology, your mind, your emotions will thank you. Um, and, you know, you can go get a pad. Yep. But women don't want to do that. Okay, cool. Let's stick to, you know, find a dam. They have those uh, diva cups that pull the blood and you can pull, the, pull that out. Um, so that, that's, a, that's another alternative. Um, so there's different ways to eliminate toxins out of that the the chemicals on in makeups lotions uh hair hair products uh aerosols i mean you're breathing that like women are just for, for men even though men are, are not perfect it's a lot less you know you have like your four-in-one soap and you know your deodorant call a day women are just like like hundreds of products on a daily basis especially the amount of makeup they wear so it's it's a lot it's a yeah lot. cutting out antiperspirants you know antiperspirant is no sweat yeah well how do you get no sweat 
you block all the lymph ducts and here we're talking about the new lymph duct thing so well if you block the lymph ducts in your armpits that's right next to the breast well now you're going to have more chances of having breast issues yeah than if you're okay with your pits smelling yeah. you know um i'm gonna plug a brand i like native native deodorant that's a really nice one uh that tends to last longer for me um and also when people are detoxing you're gonna smell yeah it's it's what's gonna happen you have a bunch of stuff in you that needs to come out of you it's gonna come out of you and all for, through your pores through your breath through your through your butt through your poop it's okay and it's normal What's not normal is people telling you that that's not normal. And you should smell like a pristine guava all the time, <laughs> a floral flower. Sure. Um, uh, so, okay, okay, we covered uh, hygiene products for menstruation. We covered bras. We covered cosmetics, um, uh, deodorants, lotions. Because um, I promise you, if you take care of your gut, your skin's going to look great. Your gut. Oh, for sure. It's your skin inside out. Most people don't even think about it. If I turned you inside out, I know it's going to be weird to think about, <laughs> but if I turned you inside out, your mouth to anus isn't actually inside of your body. It's outside of your body. Mm -hmm. So it's an open tube. And then basically thinking about it like a shopping, you know, like if you've seen those things at Costco where you open and you kind of grab the thing that you want, close the door. Yeah. That's essentially what your digestion system is. You Whatever you put through it, you open up and the enzymes and the probiotics and the bacteria and, and all the little microvilli, that's what they're doing. They're going, oh, I like that. I like that. That's going to be helpful. That's going to be helpful. Or, but if they get too clogged up, they can't reach to get what they need. Yep. And then what happens? It passes by and then, oh, crap. Yep. We don't have the, uh, we don't have, we can't get to what we need. Okay, well, I'm starting to suffer now. Well, let's eat what we have and they'll start eating at your body. Yep. So... Is there a specific diet that women should be following? What more foods they should be eating or focusing on, or, or like food groups that they should be more more focused on? It's a tough one because Very subjective for each each case. Well, well, because because we have several camps that people usually go into. We have the camp that's fully bought into you know shave everything, clean off everything, uh, remove everything, or add things that's you know silicone. I mean breast implants are extremely toxic i would recommend those getting removed um and being comfortable with your body yeah you know i'm sure my, my wife will uh, i know my wife will tell you the same thing okay. and she got hers removed and her health has been improving ever since um and yeah she ended up getting MRSA and then then during the removal and then so yeah it was, it was not fun but um so there's several camps if you're already bought in it's going to take a little bit longer to detox because there's so much in there that needs to come out. Uh, something that's really good is supporting your organ health. So with organs. Um, I know Liver King got a lot of slack or a lot of uh, <laughs> uh, heat for calling it radioisotopes that they did. But the study was actually done by Pottinger. You remember Pottinger and his cats? Um, but what he did, it was it was from that. I had to I had to find this research. I had to go to Paul and go, Paul, what is the where am I not looking? Because I've exhausted the internet. And he goes, Oh, it's actually Pottinger did it. So I had to find old collected works from like the I think the 40s. And then I found the articles of how how um you know they would put dyes in certain organs and they would show after the digestion where those dyes would go and the dyes from the liver, most of them would go to the liver. The kidneys will go to the kidneys. So if you want uh, 
better joint health, eat the cartilage out of the joints. If you want better ligament and tendon health, gotta eat the ligaments. And the Jap uh, and the Vietnamese do it. The pho. Yeah. It's tendons and ligaments in there, and then it's all broken down. You can eat it. Uh, liver, uh, ferment testicles, and you know, uh, you know. Funny enough, you get a lot of. Uh, uh, I have one CrossFit athlete in mind that tells you not to eat them and then tells you to go join their macro diet plan that's going to fix all your problems and you're going to look like him if you do that. But don't eat the thing that might actually help you because that's gross. Um, but uh, uh, eating organs is really important because it's going to go right to the organ for the most part. But also it's packed with tons of things that your body needs um, and support your own physical organs so that way you can keep going on this detoxification journey and take a couple of years and like detoxify yourself because it's not going to happen in a three-day juice cleanse you know i um i mean this i started my health journey about so i had a spiritual awakening first i was dealing with all that about a year and a half ago i got super into into health but it was the wrong health i thought that vegetable that like eating salad all the time were the way to go and i had it all like, I had it all wrong and then i realized what it what i, I kind of thought it was and so now i've been doing it for about a year, I'm still having a lot of shit, like literal, like stuff, like come through it. It's a, it's a process. So just telling people to know that you know, if you're starting this health journey, you have an expert here telling you the same thing that don't expect you to be fully, you know, in homeostasis overnight. That's gonna take a years. It's gonna take a while because of um, I look at you know the amount of shit you put in your system for so long. You know, you have you grew up. I grew up eating, you know, regular American food shit all the time so if you eat shit for 20 years it's not going to take six months to get out of your system you now you you breathe in so much pollutants for so long you expose yourself to all these you know ems whatever for so long that it's going to take a while to to get your body right i think the camp the, let's say the camp that's going to work for everybody is cutting out the things that they're eating the most of so if you eat a lot of chicken cut out chicken if you eat a lot of gluten cut out gluten and even if you aren't eating a lot of gluten cut out gluten yeah. like gluten because the gluten is different now than it is then the arguments doesn't exist because it's 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 been bred for more protein and that doesn't digest well back then it was very little gluten in the plant now it's almost 50 percent of the of the yeah. wheat is gluten in there and so it, it affects our gut and to to take all that stuff out of the the wheat uh, takes a lot of energy more energy than it's even worth when there's so many other foods out there that you yeah. can eat that are more bioavailable cutting out uh commercial dairy or dairy in general like if you if you if you love your dairy and you love your cheese at least get grass-fed grass-finished dairy first if you can find raw get raw from a farmer that also grass feeds you know their uh their uh, their cows um so there's all these different standards the higher you go up weston a price has a good standard on dairy uh because he's a dentist that focuses on nutrition because if you have bad nutrition, you're going to mess your teeth up. And sure. so that's how he got into that. He was a dentist going, what the hell's going on with people's teeth? Yeah. And then he linked it to diet and the Western sad diet, the standard American diet that they were putting in into people and um, cutting out eggs. Um, and I'm, I'm probably projecting onto you guys because I can't eat eggs and I've been eating eggs, yeah. like ignoring all the signs. I'd fart and I'd smell eggs and I go, Ha 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 ha, yeah. you know? And then I cut out eggs and I feel amazing and I can think clearer and things like that. I'm going to give you a break to digest all this amazing information. And in this break, please like, comment, and subscribe. Thank you. So we left talking about 
going into the various food groups that could mess you up and you were about to go into how eggs may be not the, the best for you. Or just the main point that if you eat something for so long over time, why is that? Why is that the case that if you eat the same thing, let's say you're someone who eats chicken breast for lunch every day for 10 years, your gym bro, chicken, breast and rice. Why is it wise to switch that out? If you eat the same things all the time, then it doesn't get absorbed as well into your system. And then your body creates an immune reaction, especially if it's brought in with other things like hormones or uh, other gut infl inflammation. So then you're going to get uh, inflammation and let's say leaky gut. And if it crosses the, the barrier into your system, your body is going to attack it. And so that's why some no one's allergic to blueberries, but then they become allergic to blueberries when they eat blueberry muffins for 20 years is because through the dairy, the sugar, the gluten, and then the blueberries with it, it attacks everything that comes with it. It's yeah. not picking and choosing what it, what it attacks. And so if you eat eggs all the time and then all different qualities, and then now you're having this, uh, your gut can't digest it or it's denatured and it's, and it's, uh, throwing off the imbalance in your gut, then your body will start attacking it which then once it does, anytime you have anything with egg in it, your body will completely attack it. Yeah. And so if you love it, I, t I told this to my seven-year-old the other day. She goes, I ate yogurt. It made me have gas. And I go, well, if you love it, rotate it. Eat it every four days. And she does. She goes, great. I'm not going to eat. And then she puts it on a calendar. I mean, she's <laughs> awesome. She like puts it on a calendar. I get to eat yogurt in four days. And and so she's mindful of it because, you know, she's had trouble where she loves like almond chocolate milk. Yeah. And so then there's a point I go, I keep telling her, I go, hey, if you, you got to cut back on this and I'm going to let you experience this because I don't want her to think that I'm some controlling tyrant. Yeah. I want you to experience that pain <laughs> because then I'm going to associate it with the thing that the only thing that could cause that is that chocolate milk. Yeah. And then when she's like, ah, my stomach hurts. I think I drank too much of that chocolate milk. I go, interesting. Great. And then after she realizes that, she manages herself. Yeah. And the moment it starts to get a little irritating, she puts it away. Yeah. And so now we're moving on to the food group of yogurt. So now yogurt is causing those things. And so we're constantly teaching our kids to be mindful of what they're putting in their system because of that very reason. Yeah, let's call me out right now. So maybe if people don't feel attacked, you can call me out and figure my, my shit out right now because I, I definitely don't have it 100% straight. So I'm in that group. I'm, I'm One of my shadows I'm trying to work through is that I, I'm very ordered. I try and be very routine in everything I do. I'm all about systems, yada, yada. And, and I project that onto like health shit. Like I know this lunch is gonna make me feel this exact way. So I'm going to eat it all the time. I know it's breakfast and maybe feel a certain way. So I'm going to eat it all the time. I know it's dinner. So I get very stuck in that, uh, those patterns of just eating the same shit because I know I can predict how it's going to make me feel. So I'm super sensitive to, to most mm -hmm. stuff. So. But what did you say in that statement right there? That was the most obvious thing that probably not many people caught. You want to predict how you're going to feel. Which, if you're trying to predict how you're going to feel, what are you trying to do? Control. Control. What are you trying to control? My own state of mind. How you feel, yeah. yeah. So there's, there's a, if there's an issue with feeling, that means anything that makes you feel a certain way outside of yourself, you're going to push it away. Yeah. And it's going to create a problem. Yeah. The one I, I struggle with is I hate... So for me, every... Around like three, four p.m., I have like a, like I have a huge crash, mm -hmm. 
and I, I try and minimize that as much as possible. And I think it's health, right? I, I go to the gym, eat the same foods, but at, at a base level, I'm avoiding a certain feeling because I'm scared of it. So I know that's going to cause some certain certain issues. So I, I'm happy to feel called out right now. It's something mm-hmm. I should I should explore. Yeah. Yeah, and, and when you have that crash, what do you what do you normally do? So I usually go to the gym. At four? At four. Get get myself energy back. Okay. What, or, what is or I do medit med, med, combination meditation and, and and weights. Yeah. Okay. Um, in the crash, what does it feel like? So after I so let's say lunch is like one ish, and around like two thirty three, it feels like I have my brain just stops working, like that super. That means you're very like aware and, and on it. Around that time, it just like like my brain stops working. I'm lethargic, tired. I've tried everything in, in the world to change it, and it's always been that way since I was young. I, it's gotten way better than before, but it's still a, a thing that plagues me. Uh, what do you normally do at night that you use your brain for? And does it last for a while? Let's say you don't go to the gym or meditate. What happens? It lasts for hours. It lasts from like three to eight. And then at eight, what happens? Once I eat dinner, each goes away. So you eat at one, and then it happens at three. What do you eat at one? Usual, my usual. I've tr- I've tried every single combination you could possibly think. So I don't think it's food. I don't know. I don't know if you've tried every single combination. <laughs> yeah, probably not. There's one I'm missing, but I've spent years, years figuring this out. So now I'm just kind of like, okay, I know lifting and breath work will get me out of it. Because uh, it is also true. I hear you that you, know, you don't, you don't want to run away from feeling for 100%. Mm-hmm. But I have a lot of shit I have to like do for whatever I'm doing now that if I'm feeling like I'm going to pass out any second, I can't. I can't do. So it's a, it's a, it's a, I wish with all my heart that it goes away. What do you have to do? Uh, I mean, that's a tricky word. I hear you, but mm-hmm. there's certain like you know, let it putting out stuff uh, after quarters, quarters I have to hit. The stuff that I agreed to, you know, whatever spirits, whatever to, to to continue doing for me to get to where I want to go. Um, that if I miss out on doing, I I don't, you know, it's like if you miss a meeting with a you know, something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, yeah. Can you do it after? Let's say you don't figure this out. Figure what out? This this three to eight crash. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Well, I figured I just have to, you know, go to the gym. Which creates some kind of response. And then, and then at dinner time, you feel better. Yeah. After the gym, I feel better. Have you ever taken a nap? Yeah. Does it make you feel better? Yeah. Yeah, but my, sometimes I can't. I can't I can't fall asleep most of the time. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on, I'm going to pull my phone out. There's a can't remember the clocks or the there's a health clock if you guys want to get the health clock app it's called health clock so at what do we say at four o'clock around like three ish yeah so it's always two hours after i eat lunch if i can eat lunch at 10 a.m it'll be at noon so three to five o'clock is your bladder meridian um if your bladder meridian is like a what 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 does your bladder do when it's uh, um, like scared? Like if I'm anxious? Yeah, like if you're. I'm always like if I'm. Fr- I always feel like I have to pee. Yeah, so there's your bladder meridian acting up at between three and five o'clock. So your issue is not with your food; it's with your bladder. Your bladder is actually causing that dump in energy. Where does the thing coming from? So let's. Let's go. Let's open this back up again. Okay. I hope some are actually in this boat too, so I don't want to make it all about me. Yeah, no, this is great. Uh, I hope some are actually because I do notice a lot of people have this massive crash that at the point of the day. 
So, so uh, what do we call it? The uh, mother daughter acupuncture. I don't memorize all these things because there's no point. It's right here. Um, so we got bladder is where's your bladder? Come on, bladder, bladder. Wrong. Let's pick a different one that has the bladder in there. Uh, here we go. Um, stomach, urinary bladder, kidney. So your spleen controls the health of your kidney and bladder. So earth. So what you would, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. Often do you sing? Sing? Yeah. Never. Yeah. So the stomach and spleen gets better on singing. Huh. That stimulates the earth. Um, how often uh, do you overthink? Uh, every second. Yep. So that's that. That's going to decrease your spleen energy, which is going to affect your bladder energy, which is going to affect you at three to five p.m. Because your bladder is compensating for the amount of energy you're dumping from from your from your spleen and stomach. Um, and then that also adds dampness, which um, which smothers fire. So these are elements that are in your system. And if you're trying to get more fire and you're going, well, my, why is my fire not there? So then um, do, and then, so something that you could do is even add something sweet, even though you're probably going, I shouldn't add anything sweet. Like that doesn't make sense with my, my philosophy. I shouldn't add it. No, I've noticed that if I have like a little bit of honey, something like that, it makes a difference. So here, based on this acupuncture chart and how the mother, the daughter, or the creation destruction cycle functions, so you have heart uh, or you have fire that feeds earth, earth that feeds metal, metal that feeds water, uh, water that feeds wood, wood that feeds fire. And then the cycle continues. But it goes backwards too is the problem with the one that you're having. So I'm going to ask, what about, what, what, what does your body feel like between 7 a.m. and 11 a.m.? It's from seeing like, when I wake up to like, two hours after i'm pretty tired but from everything to 9 a.m i have sprint zones which i try and do most of my work in from like 9 to 11 i'm i'm locked in mm -hmm. uh, and then from like six onwards i'm pretty locked in mm -hmm. yeah so it looks like you're overcompensating in the stomach and spleen to get to get more energy in the kidney and then if we go back to this other chart that i have this this is a you know this is basic elemental stuff that happens through our system all the time so earth um often do you feel life is fair or uh you have openness towards life like half the time versus worry and anxiety worry and anxiety kills your stomach your spleen oh, i'm in a constant state of worry huh i'm in a constant state of worry yeah so yeah. that if if unaddressed going why am i in a constant state of worry what's worrying me and that's what we were talking about in the beginning. What is actually the thought that causes the worry? For me, it's not like the... For me, maybe, maybe people can again, try and extrapolate this out. Is that for me, I don't worry about... I'm very good at understanding like what triggers. For me, it's more so the trauma from a young age is being always used to being in chaos. Like for me, tolerating peace is impossible compared to tolerating. I love like stress and chaos. My, my brain is has learned to, from a young age, have that as its, its state. So for me, the work's been doing and actually like shifting towards tolerating surrender, tolerating peace, tolerating feeling grounded, that's foreign to me. But do you hear what you're saying? What? It's impossible for me to tolerate peace. 
And if every time someone says, hey, you have anxiety, let's work on it. And you reaffirm yourself that it's impossible to tolerate peace. It's impossible for me to tolerate peace. There's no possibility. Yeah. I'm always going to be in a state of chaos. I, I, yeah. So until that happens, and then we can work on what is actually the things that's causing that chaos. And then working on addressing that chaos. So that way it becomes peace. And you, and a lot of people, even in relationships, confuse um, stability with chaos or the lack of love. Oh, things are going uh, very peacefully. Um, I should probably go mess this up somehow. Yeah. You know, to, and, then, and then if they try to get me back, then that means they love me. And then, okay, okay, they, they did it. Okay, okay, okay. Hmm. Okay, maybe I'll go you know, flirt with their friend and see what they do. You yeah. know? And then it's like, oh, okay, they do love me. Okay, okay. And then so they confuse peace with lack of love. And they confuse chaos with people loving them. And so in this case, I doubt it's less of a food issue and more of an emotional, mental issue that's being compensated in different things. So around three o'clock, I would recommend try singing some stuff. <laughs> it, it doesn't have to be anything special. It could be very novel, like uh, brushing my teeth, yeah. uh, looking in the mirror. I got lights in my face and sitting in a studio. You know, it doesn't have to be, you know, structured good. It, could be anything and so that feeds the organ because that's how it, it that's how it eats on a subtle body level because yeah. um, what i like to remind people is if we if we split the, the holistic system into four parts and we we do for the sake of simplicity 25 percent of each okay 25 percent of is only physical the rest are unseen you can't touch your thoughts you can make your thoughts and touch them, but but you can't touch your thoughts. You can't touch love. You can't uh, touch the ether and the space and what it cre what creates everything only in the physical space. But now, if we look at how atomic structures function, and it's you know uh, physical matter and atom is you know zero to the you know or nine 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 point nine 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 to the seventh degree space empty space. So we're only interacting with 0.000001% of matter, which now you take that chart and you collapse it. And what actually exists of our physical structure is a sliver. And the rest you can't touch, taste, smell, you know, only experience through your organs, through your mind and, and through that experience. So um, most of the stuff that we interact with is unseen. Mm -hmm. But we're so hard to control what, we're, what we can touch put our hands on okay yeah. i gotta get grounded okay i'm touching fuzzy things you know mm -hmm. especially when our medicine if you're on medicine you're like okay i'm here yeah <laughs> yeah what's the toughest emotional spiritual psyche thing you've had to overcome like the plaguing one that was fucking you up and how did you do it how do you continue to do it the one that pops up is a uh, uh, manipulation um finding people that you know in the in the russian culture Basically, the men don't trust the women and they always manipulate you. Yeah. So whatever suggestion they give you, something to kind of get them to do something for you yeah. or benefit them. And that took me a while. Um, I worked with that with Paul Check and my wife. And uh, so she would tell me something. I would go tell Paul and then Paul would tell me the same thing that basically give me the advice without me telling her what telling him with the advice that she gave me. And he'd tell me the same thing. And through finding people that you trust that can mirror to you certain things and you go, okay, well, 
I have to come to the terms with either they're right or they're both wrong. And since I love both of these people and I trust both of these people, I need to start trusting that they're right. And that was really painful because it was a lot of uncertainty. Mm -hmm. It's how do I, okay, she's telling me I'm acting this way, but I'm so in my head right now, not in my heart going, but what if she wants me to stop? So then it benefits her life. And then I go, but why wouldn't it want to, why wouldn't I want it to benefit her life? Yeah. You know, and those thoughts are coming through and I'm, and then, so then all the things that she started sharing with me were for benefits. And then I realized, oh, well, what you're telling me is accurate. Cause I didn't take the garbage out and yeah, you are manipulating me to take the garbage out, but you're not manipulating. You're, you're telling me to do the thing. And, and, and if I'm ignoring the fact that I see you walking around, like cleaning everything, vacuuming, cleaning under stuff and like constantly sweeping things, if I'm ignoring that while being petty and going, you're trying to manipulate me and taking the trash out, then I'm delusional, Yeah, you know? So like I'm sitting there, you know, on the couch watching TV and she's flying around working with the kids and getting some dinner done after working the full day, after getting her exercise in, after taking care of the yard and letting the dogs out. And if I get petty over like, oh, you want me to go outside and do something, you know, get something out of the car, you know, so that I start practicing things that I do notice. And that's what I was getting at is I practice things that I do notice that she does. And the more you practice things like, Okay, well, in silence, I notice she's taking care of herself. That reflects to me that I need to take care of myself. She's taking the time to finish tasks. Okay, so she is doing those things. She is taking the time to cook. She is taking the time to pay attention to me. She is taking the time to pay attention to the kids and, and share with me how to, how to make our lives better. Not only her life, but our lives and the kids' lives. And it has less to do with me and more to do with all of us. And that was really painful to peel the band-aids off and then start starting to have to, it's almost like at first it started with the tail between my legs and then, and then it started becoming, uh, you know, it humbled me. And then it started becoming more and more um, uh, consistent with my life getting better. Yeah. Did, you, did you notice like a, once you let that go, like a health correlation? I've noticed sometimes. Oh, I lost weight immediately. It's crazy. Let's talk about that now. How, how um how that works, right? Because I've noticed, again, I tell pe normal people who think in the Western world's medical way, I'm like, yeah, I had this this trauma I let go of and, you know, I lost like 10 pounds and had my, my muscles look stronger. Like, what the fuck are you talking about, bro? Mm -hmm. You're a crazy person. So, you know, I, I just say maybe that's true, but then you can actually explain it. So how, how, why does that, how does that happen? How can you go from letting go of a shadow or a, a, some spiritual sickness or some kind of parasite or whatever, like a spiritual whatever it may be, how does that happen? How can you let go of a darkness in you that actually leads to better health? So whenever you don't want to let go of something, you create a gravitational pull towards something. And you can't attract something else because you're too busy holding something else. So picture, as you increase the pressure in your body, what happens? The blood pressure goes up, which means that your heart has to pump harder. And you burn through oxygen because your body has to burn minerals to keep everything tight and condensed. Those bad experiences, relatively speaking, will bring you inwards, which means it increases the pressure in your body, which means it increases the heat in your body. And what does heat do in a closed system? It expands the system. So now because you have inflammation going around in the system, added with bad food and chemicals, everything we've talked about thus far, and now you're compounding all these other physical cocktails, and now you increase the pressure and you don't allow yourself to breathe. And what do we talk about? All that stuff comes out of your breath. So if you can let go of that 
and not absolve yourself of the responsibility of knowing what it is, but truly, let's say you've worked through it and you go, I'm done with this relationship. I have come to actually terms that this is abusive, let's say. And you go, I'm out. And you go through that whole process and you're out and you could, and all that, because your fat comes out of your mouth. Like your fat, as you, I think the book Breathe talks about it, James Nestor, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, your your fat gets pushed out through your breath. So as it gets used, that those off gases come out of your breath and you detox those things. So as you can breathe, that tension tends to dissipate. The energy isn't so compressed anymore. And, you know, people that have, um, you know, that are listening or watching, if you think of a bad experience, like take a second while I'm even talking and think of a terrible experience that you've had, it'll make your body immediately contract. So now if you think of a really good experience that you've had, like your favorite birthday or maybe your last memory with your parent or, you know, the, you know, a really great anniversary or the birth of a child or something like that, it's light. It's opening, you know, not only is it light, like we're talking about, like, you know, good vibes, light, bring light into you. It also makes you feel light, which is what brings you closer to enlightenment, yeah. enlightenment, because you become more light. Yeah. And, um, <clears throat> and so when things are enlightening, it makes you more free. And so when someone gets rid of that, because you're able to breathe more effectively and you stop carrying other people's thoughts inside of you your body starts letting go and you can detoxify a lot quicker and people drop weight like crazy because your your intestines is what controls your ability to process information. And if you're stuck and constipated on a mental, emotional level because you can't, you don't know what the message spiritually here is and you can't function, it's going to clog you up. And so that means if you're clogged up here, anything you eat is going to be backed up, which means anything you eat is going to be processed. It's going to be uh, start to mold and it's going to ferment and it's going to uh, decompose inside your gut and it's going to rot. And then your body can't clear it because it's constipated. And what happens? You get more fat. You have more water to buffer all that toxicity. And now as you let go of that and you go, oh, the enlightening thought and you let go of it. Now your colon and bowel start moving and you're letting shit go literally and physically um and also mentally emotionally and because you've you you've learned yeah yeah do you try and stay away from contraction as much as possible no no because that that contraction is the catalyst you know if you're if you're if your objection is to you know take down an animal at 60 yards with a bow and arrow there's no way you're going to do it unless you pull back and that pulling back feels like you're going backwards but then because you brought backwards now you've loaded the catalyst to then when you let go of the arrow that arrow can go into the direction a lot faster than you could running out about for things that i agree for like the initial contraction like when you become aware of a shadow go into it for sure like really feel it what if it's something that like it's been a year of you doing the same things over and over again, where you're just in a space now where it's like, I don't want to keep having this affect me that way. Is there a point in time where you're like, I'm not going to go here. I'm not going to contract here. No, you can take a break. You know, give yourself a break. If you if you, if you you are actively pursuing real work, and I'm not, you know, let's 
be on the same page and we're, we're really trying to get better. And if you're doing this on your own or anyone's doing this on their own and it's, uh, it feels intense, give yourself permission to take a break because we're under this delusion that we have to be healed in a certain time, which means we're trying to control how fast we heal, which means we're creating a different problem. Mm -hmm. And so if it takes you 10 years to heal, it takes you 10 years to heal. And if it take you, you know, a year, you do a year and then you take two years off and you go back to it a year, that chaos, it may feel like you're going backwards, but you're not. Because if it takes you five years to achieve clarity, the moment you achieve clarity through that conflict, there is no going back for you at this point because your mind goes, I know exactly what I want. And so that's like the same thing with the dating pool. Uh, what I what I recommend when I coach men is, you know, when they're trying to get a relationship, I go be honest, because don't waste your time. Like, and it's not fair to you or them. Be yourself. Share the things that you really want, and the real ones will stick around that are meant to be there. For sure. And so that's kind of the same idea, because they're so involved, worried about themselves not being good enough. I go worry about what the things that you want to do in your life, and then once you figure out what you want to do then you know who to attract because if you have the perfect partner standing in front of you, but they have the wrong hair color because they didn't, they dyed their hair that day and you, everything else makes sense. And you're so fixed that you want a blonde, but she comes as a brunette or a redhead or has black hair yeah. and everything out of her mouth is correlated to what you're talking about, but you can't get your mind off of that blonde hair or that's not blonde. Then you could potentially pass up the opportunity. Yep. So get clear on what's really really important like what kind of house do you want to live in simple stuff do you want to live in the country or do you want to live in the uh the, the woods mm -hmm. you know because if you meet the perfect person and you want to live in the woods and they want to live in a condo it's not gonna work like do you want kids do you want not kids like or be honest like uh, i'm not sure if i want kids i'm open to it but i'm not really sure i don't think i'm ready for it oh good me too mm -hmm. versus i don't want kids and someone that really does and then you spend 10 years and now that person goes through menopause and then all of a sudden they can't have kids anymore. Let's say it's an older relationship yeah. and, and they've wasted that time. That relationship isn't going to work. There's going to be tons of pain in that relationship. So um, it's okay to take breaks. And the most importantly, most important thing to figure out is what actually do you want out of your life? Because then once you set your mind on it, you're not controlling. You're going with flow. And anything that doesn't, align with it doesn't work out with you so when someone comes up to me and i had it today someone's like hey do you want to go to this meditation that's at six to ten i go no i go to bed at like 8 39 like logistically it won't work yeah you know um i've missed so many things like that because it doesn't work out with me hey do you want to come to this bar God, i appreciate you for asking me thing about me but you, you, i haven't been in a bar in you know eight years nine years i'm it's not it's not my thing i feel yeah. like garbage all the fluorescent lights and i come home and i got kids i'd rather spend time with my kids hey do you want to hang out come over let's have dinner together and if that aligns with them and they go that's great and they come over because i know i can go to bed and i'm home and i have you know smoke some bags and eat good food and drink the water that's healthy and be in an environment that feels harmonized yeah and everything that doesn't fit into that i don't do yeah, it's uh, I've learned this the hard way. When I was initially, I think anyone who initially starts doing shadow work, anyone I talk to, it's 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 always intense. The first couple, 
year or months when you're really going through it. It fucking sucks, 100%. But what I think anyone who, who who's done it eventually realizes is that you have to balance the shadow with joy. Like, you really have to, to ping pong when you're in that space. You know, if you're coming aware of a trauma and you're really feeling it, if you're stuck in it too long, it can it can land you in a place that's hard to get out of versus, like, you know, give yourself a couple hours to be in it and then really do force yourself to, you know, play to do something that brings joy because you, you have to have that that balance less you can get in a, in, a, in a pretty dark place pretty fast and as, he, as he's saying you know you, you have to give yourself a break and joy joy is a good break is it, it, you know having uh, smoking a bag being with your family it, it really does do that and it took me a while to, to to get i don't know if it was the same for you but it took me a while to realize the importance of balancing doing like the contractive work and, and feeling the shadow, feeling the pain, feeling the trauma with, you know, forcing yourself that moment to, to experience, experience joy. Yeah. You said something that kind of brought something up, which was, um, I can remember I was trying to listen. I can't remember. <laughs> it's all good. I'll, I'll restate it. I was just saying when you're in the shadow phase, come up with ways to play, to have joy. To really do that. There we go. Yeah. Uh, have you heard of the the four or five questions that a shaman asks? No. When is the when when was the last time you sang, or when did you stop singing? When did you stop dancing? When did you stop, uh, was it creating? And when did you stop marveling at the mysteries of the universe? Singing, dancing, uh, playing, creating, creating universe. Yeah. And you can you can look it up. Uh, I haven't looked at those questions in a while, but there we go. Singing came up as one. When yeah. do you sing? Never. Okay. Well, a, a true shaman, those things are what plagues people is when they forget to sing, dance, play, create, look at the stars and be in awe. Yeah. You know, people are like, yeah, it's just stars. It's whatever. I'm going to go home and watch sports, you know, yeah. whatever. And like, when's the last time someone actually looked at a tree and appreciated a tree for what it was. And you're like, ah, you're a tree hugger. It's like, well, yeah, yeah. Why wouldn't you hug a tree? It's amazing. Like they're, they're grounding. They're super amazing things that bring us oxygen and joy and shelter and mm -hmm. all these, all these benefits. And, but then it also grows from a tiny seed, a little acorn grows into an oak tree. Like, come on, that's, that's pretty wild to think about. Yeah. Uh, so when do people stop being curious and marveling at those things that are unexplainable or un, you know in our minds like yeah this is amazing yeah for sure completely agree it's you have to big part of joy is is escaping your egoistic illusions of what you think are right for you or are serving you and, and going beyond that into a different space of oh wow this feels different this feels amazing joyful beautiful and and to to wrap this up on that end with a was a pretty quick question. If you were to have the average human and they want to start getting healthy, uh, mind, body, spiritually, the whole, the whole program was one thing you would say, just do this. Like if you wanted like move a needle, this is one thing that I really think you should be doing. What does your mind go straight to when you see someone, whether it be, you know, un unhappy and overweight, just like just unhealthy person all around. What would you say, like, hey, man, you should, you should start doing this to move the needle? Learn to breathe right. Good one. Yeah. Because breathing regulates your pressures, your flows. Uh, it compresses your organs. So breathing properly 
detoxes your organs because uh, they don't like to be compressed. So basically, when you compress them, then then as you let go, they have more room to exchange fluids. So you, you're cleaning your organs every time you breathe properly. Uh, controls the way you feel. You're, are you in parasympathetic, sympathetic? You can get different desired mental states from breathing properly. You can go into altered states breathing properly. You can hyper-oxygenate yourself, let your body recover, all from breathing. And then if you're feeling like you can get out of pain from doing the proper breathing, then it's going to open you up to start thinking about things that really matter. you know. And then you go, oh, I feel really good right now. I feel kind of high. I wonder what else I could do. It opens you up to be curious because you're not in pain and and you're feeling better and you have energy. So things like that. I would say mm -hmm. breathe, learn how to breathe properly through your diaphragm. And then before you even go into the other, so many different modalities of breathing, you know, to get elicit certain responses. Breathe with your diaphragm. Learn that. And also exhale all the way. Most people don't exhale. They kind of, and they breathe in again versus... Yeah, exhaling longer really puts you... I try and do that most of the day. Just try and exhale longer. Mm -hmm. It keeps you calmer. Yeah. I realize if I'm, if I'm in the other state, I'm, I just burn through my gasoline tank just like that. So mm -hmm. it definitely keeps you in the game floating for, for longer. So yeah. Yeah, so get start figuring out your breathing and what, what are places people can find you at to start, you know, realizing, going down this journey and, and discovering the things you're talking about more. Uh, you can go on primalfusionhealth.com, uh, primalpride.com. We have a community where people can, uh, if, if um, you know, they like the community aspect and they want to access to us more regularly, they can go to primalpride.com, community that, that we go on live every Monday. And they ask us, you can ask us whatever you want. And then we treat it like a live session because we record everything. Everything gets stored on the site for people to review with hashtags, easily defined things and, and tons of resources. And there's, it's basically, we created it for our clients at first. So that way we can all get them in one page and then all the resources. And then, uh, it, then we started finding coaches. It really helped coaches learn how to coach better. And then now it's for people, coaches, clients, whoever that wants to discern certain information, um, and have regular contact with us. And then, yeah, primalfusionhealth.com. Uh, you can backslash events. Also to, um, you know, Sarah has a new course coming out that's the storyteller, the stories that we tell ourselves um, and how to get through those stories in a way that can create a different life. And it's a three-part series. Um, so that'll all be on there. Cool. On the events page. Right. Well, yeah. thank you, man. I had a great time talking. I hope you all learned a bunch of things, which I, th I think you definitely did. Thanks for watching. Thank you, man. Thank you.